Well, I wonder if you're somebody who's really good with surprises. It seems to me that some people love them and some people absolutely hate them. In my lifetime, I've had more than a few, I can tell you. Well, I'd love for you this morning, whether you love or hate surprises, to spare a thought for uh, Zachariah, who's in our scripture reading today, because he gets the surprise of his life on so many different levels. He has the surprise of being chosen to enter the holy place. He has the surprise of an angel encounter. He has the surprise of unexpected news. And then the surprise of nine months worth of silence. Perhaps his wife enjoyed that more than he did. Our scripture reading today is a great reminder to us that God absolutely delights in working through ordinary people doing what they normally do in their ordinary lives and God can do extraordinary things through us. Zachariah was just busy doing his day job and then he has this divinely um, orchestrated encounter with an angel and it takes place in the stillness of his working day when he least expected it. And Zachariah discovers unexpected joy. Well, if you know the Christmas story, it won't surprise you that there's an encounter with an angel in the story. Angel encounters are very significant in the Christmas narrative. And each one of them is a link in the chain that leads towards the arrival of Jesus. Where you see an angel, look out for the presence of Christ or the coming presence of Christ. There's the angelic appearance to Joseph and then an angelic appearance to Mary and then to the shepherds. And in today's scripture reading, an angelic appearance to Zachariah. And each of these encounters is punctuated with a mixture of fear and joy. Because each of these encounters is always a surprise, but also each of these encounters, there's good news in the message. Even if it takes a while for the good news to sink in. Our story of unexpected joy today features a faithful couple in ministry. These are a couple who loved God deeply and they were living lives of faith and they were living lives of integrity. But too, we're told that they share a great sadness in their lives because they'd been unable to have children. And the story reveals to us that this was something that they'd prayed about much and something which they had lamented greatly. As a priest, Zachariah would spend about 50 weeks of his year teaching and serving in the local synagogue, in the local parish, if you like. But then for two weeks of each year, alongside a team of other priests, he would head off on a kind of secondment to Jerusalem where he would take a turn to work in the temple and perform various priestly acts there. And it was during this two-week period that Zachariah's uh, name just happened to be pulled out of the hat. And he was chosen to have this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to burn incense in the holy place in the temple. Now, this was about as close as any priest would ever get to the Holy of Holies. This was a special, a sacred moment in his life. Now, we know from the story, which we'll read in a second, that he was chosen by the casting of lots, but God was 100% in control of this moment. So all of that's the context that leads us to verse 11 of Luke chapter 1, as Zechariah has his angel encounter. So if you've got a Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Verse 11 says this, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense, When Zachariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. 
Zachariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a great joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well on in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Well, Zachariah here is understandably overcome by this angelic encounter. It likely took his breath away in the same way it would take any of our breaths away if we were to have this moment. Can you imagine his emotions for a moment as they're racing from paralyzing fear to stupefying astonishment as he tries to understand what the angel is saying to him? How on earth could he, little old Zachariah, be part of receiving a call to prepare the way for the arrival of the Messiah, especially when he and his wife are so senior in years? Well, thankfully for our sakes, the angel who declares himself to be the angel Gabriel in verse 19 fills the silence that otherwise would have been there from verse 13, probably for the next nine months or so. In short, Gabriel says to Zachariah, you'd better get ready, Zachariah, because the Messiah is coming and yourself, your wife and your soon to be son are going to play a really important role in this world changing drama that's about to unfold. And Zachariah all begins here with you today. Well, if you recall the story, you will remember that John the Baptist, Zachariah and Elizabeth's son-to-be, would be the one who would go ahead of Jesus and announce the coming of Jesus, exactly in the way that the angel said would happen in verses 15 to 17 of our text. He was the guy, if you remember, who wore camel hair and uh, had camel hair clothes and, and ate locusts and honey, going ahead of Jesus, proclaiming, you better watch out, you better re repent, the, the Son of God is on his way. Well, I really hope that Zachariah was good at charades because when he came out of the temple, he simply couldn't speak. How do you communicate to your family and your friends, your fellow priests, I guess by waving your hands around and gesticulating that you just met an angel in the temple? And that angel had just made a mind-blowing promise to you on behalf of God as you were making the incense offering at the altar. Now, remember, this is an ordinary man doing his ordinary job in his ordinary life being faithful to God, even though he and his wife are wrestling with their great sadness. And what happens? He has an encounter with an extraordinary God who gives him an unexpected and an extraordinary joy-filled surprise. And this morning, as we just dig into this text briefly this morning, I want us to see five really quick, simple portraits of Zachariah from this story, which are reminders to us of how we can experience joy, even in unexpected places and at unexpected times. 
And our first, first portrait that we see of Zachariah this morning, and which is probably the most representative portrait of him, reveals that he was a faithful priest, or we might want to say a faithful person. The very first thing we're told about Zachariah and Elizabeth in verse 6 is that he and she are upright in the sight of God. There are people who observe the Lord's commandments and his regulations and they do so blamelessly. In other words, they were a couple who were living honorably before God. They were careful in keeping the commandments. They were enjoying a clean conscience before their gods. Doesn't that sound like a, a great way to live? Now, this doesn't mean that they're perfect. It doesn't mean that they were sinless either. But rather, it means that Zachariah and Elizabeth have more than just an outward, external-only legal righteousness about them. This is not just lip service to their faith. Here are a couple who are walking the talk in all seasons of life. As we would put it, I guess we could say they're not only Sunday Christians or Christians on high days and holidays. These are a couple who are sticking with God through thick and thin. They truly love God and want to serve God in public, but especially also in private. Zachariah and Elizabeth represent the very best of Old Testament piety and religion. Here are a couple who have not given up on the promises of God, even when life is tough. So what else do we know about them? Well, Scripture tells us that Zachariah and Elizabeth are both well along in years, it says in verse 7. Zachariah says to Gabriel in verse 18, I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. So how old are they? Well, among Jews at this time in the New Testament, the term old man was reserved for those who were over the age of 60. So Zachariah is at least 60, probably over 60, which I'm sure with me you'll conclude is pretty ancient. Well, we know too that Zachariah and Elizabeth have been praying for a child for the whole of their married lives. But for some reason in, in his sovereignty, God has not granted their, their prayer um, with an affirmative, at least not following the timeline that they would have wanted God to have followed. Does Zachariah turn against God? Does he allow this disappointment to keep him from worship and prayers and from sacrifice and offering and, and acts of service for his God? Does he become bitter and, and cynical? No, we discover a man, a couple in fact, who are still faithfully serving God and living well before him. Now, I know from personal experience how hard it can be when life doesn't turn out the way that we want it to turn out. But what an example we have here. Zachariah keeps on serving and, and loving God despite his pain. He doesn't become one of those bitter and cynical older believers when God hasn't answered his prayer in the way he wanted it answered. You see, Zachariah has concluded something. He's concluded that God is still good even when it appears that life is not faithful. That's the word I would pick out to describe Zachariah. He's a faithful priest. He's a, a faithful person. And what Zachariah has discovered is that there's joy in faithfulness. And of course, there would be because both joy and faithfulness are fruit of the Spirit. And my prayer for me, and maybe you want to make this uh, your prayer for yourself, is that in the years to come, I'll be faithful even if life is tough. That when my tears flow, even then, and when my heart is breaking, that I'll still be faithful and I'll still experience the joy of the Lord. The wonderful thing, of course, is that every generation has people like Zachariah who faithfully serve and love God, whatever. 
I think of Enoch and Noah, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, uh, Moses Joshua, Elijah, Elisha, David, uh, King Josiah, Simeon, Anna, Mary, Augustine, Luther, Calvin, and others. Our generation has people just like him too. Our church has people who are just like him. People who experience the, the joy of faithfulness, even when sometimes life doesn't make sense. These would be the people who are first to say, do you know what, I'm not perfect, and yet still my desire is to love and to serve God. And I just want you to hear this morning that we thank God for you, if that uh, image is accurate of you. So firstly, Zachariah is a faithful priest or a faithful person. Oh, that these would be the words that are etched onto my tombstone on the day when I die. Chris was a faithful man, a faithful person. Well, our second portrait of Zachariah shows us too that he was a favoured preach. Zachariah is chosen here in this moment to offer incense in the holy place. Now, this was such a high honour that it was only ever permitted to a priest once in their lifetime. And in fact, many priests were never, ever chosen for this, this honour because there weren't enough priests for the number of opportunities that would come along. But this is Zachariah's moment. Who chooses Zachariah? Who chooses Zachariah to be the one who goes in to burn the incense? Well, God does. As Proverbs chapter 16, verse 33 puts it, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. In other words, God has the final word, no matter how the decision is made. And God in his providence here has ordained this moment for Zachariah. There's a very special reason why God wants Zachariah going into that holy place and burning incense in the temple today. So Zachariah, we can say, is very much favoured in the sense that he's chosen for this task. But of course, that's only the beginning of the story. That's only the beginning of the favouring. Why was this moment so significant? Now, we need to remember that the, the temple was broken up or composed, if you like, into a series of courts or rooms. Gentiles could come as far as the court of the Gentiles. Women could come as far as the court of the women. The Jewish men could enter as far as the court of Israel. Priests were allowed to advance just a little bit further than that, and they were granted access to the court of the priests. But the inner sanctuary, the place where Zachariah finds himself going today, was divided by a curtain into the holy place and the holy of holies. And this was off limits, even for priests, except for these specially stated times and for carefully prescribed purposes. As a priest, as a, a representative of God's people, Zachariah would enter into that place all by himself into the holy place to burn incense. As a priest, he would have had there a golden censer that was filled with glowing coals. And from a bowl, he would take a large quantity of incense and he would kind of scatter it over the burning coals on the altar. And then incense would burn and then he would bow in prayer. And as he was doing this, a fragrant cloud of smoke would come up and then would ascend heavenward. And meanwhile, all the people would be gathered outside smelling this fragrant incense and they too would bow down and they would offer their prayers alongside the priest as this cloud of incense ascended. Doesn't this sound beautiful? Perhaps it's no wonder that our high Anglican and our Catholic friends love all of this stuff. This is a holy moment. This is a, a special moment. This is the greatest moment we can say in the life of Zachariah. He's favoured to be chosen for this moment, but then. But then he is further favoured beyond belief in what happens next. 
but his flavor en- favor ends up blending with fear and it's fear which ends up dominating this situation. So what happens at this most special and this most holy moment in the life of Zachariah? Well, it says in verse 11, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. Now, you would think that this moment in Zachariah's life is the one moment when he would be most open to God and most open to the supernatural in his life. He's about as close to the holy of holies as he's ever going to get. And surely in this moment, he would be open to encountering God. At this moment, an angel of the Lord appears. Verse 12, when Zachariah saw the angel, he was startled. He was gripped. He was paralyzed with fear. The angel says to him in verse 13, Zachariah, your prayer has been heard. Now, as a quick aside, it's worth noting something here. Prayers of faith are filed in heaven and are never, ever forgotten. God will never forget your prayer. So I want to encourage you this morning, don't give up praying for that thing that is your heart desire because God hears your prayers. Verse 13 says, you're going to have a son, but more than that, your son is going to prepare the way for the Messiah's coming. Zachariah is greatly favored, no doubt here in this moment, but too here in this moment as well. He's paralyzed by his fear. Isn't it encouraging to know that fear grips even the most devout of believers? But don't forget the rest of the story. If you read on, you discover that God's grace is sufficient for him. So what do we have so far? We have a faithful, a favored priest who ends up becoming a fearful priest. And that leads us on to our our fourth portrait of Zachariah, which shows us that he is faithless. Well, in fact, that's not really fair, is it? It's fairer to say that he's faith lacking at this moment in time. Did you notice what Gabriel calls his announcement to Zachariah? Gabriel says to him, Zachariah, this is good news. Verse 19, God has good news for you. God has wonderful news for you. God has fantastic news. The Messiah is coming and Zachariah, you're going to have a son who's going to prepare the way for his coming. Now, when you bring all the factors together, the temple location, the burning of incense, the presence of the angel of the Lord, the holiest moment in this priest's life with an announcement from God's word, which is nothing but good news, you would think this would be the time and the place when Zachariah would be ready and willing to believe the angel's words. But he does not. What's his response to this good news? Verse 18, how can I be sure of this? What a human response in the holiest of moments. How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. Don't, you got that wrong, Zachariah. You were supposed to say, wonderful, thank you so much, God, but he doesn't. Do you, you representative of God, Gabriel, expect me, little old me, Zachariah, to believe this? I'm an old man and my wife is an old woman. (laughs) Ha! Well, those were the last words that he would speak for the next nine months. Not the finest maiden speech, is it, to an angel? Well, instead of looking to God in faith, the priest, of course, looks at himself and he looks at his wife and he decides that the birth of a son is impossible. He thinks his physical limitations will hinder almighty God. But, you know, here's the thing. My imperfections, my lack of faith, my weakness will never, ever override God's promises or God's plans. 
God's promises are not dependent upon my ability to always choose well, but rather they're founded on his ability to use well. I sense some of us really need to grab hold of that truth this morning. Some of us have made difficult and perhaps we might even say wrong decisions as we've journeyed in our faith with God. But I just sense this morning God would say to you that his promises are not dependent upon your ability to always choose well, but rather on his ability to use you well. Now, before we spend too much time criticizing Zachariah, we should, I guess, examine ourselves and have a think about how we would fare in such an encounter. How many times have we looked in the wrong direction? I think of Peter who looked at the wind and the waves instead of Jesus and began to sink. I've looked at the waves, I've looked at the wind and I've sunk, but Jesus has always rescued me. Think of Abraham and Sarah who looked at themselves and their own self-sufficiency instead of God. I'm sometimes self-sufficient, I'm sometimes impatient, but God still blesses. Think of Elijah who fled for his life from Jezebel and then crawled under a tree to die. I've been there, I've done that, I've got the t-shirt, but God still uses me again and again and again. You see, usually the problem is that we look down instead of looking up. We look at ourselves instead of looking at God, the almighty God, the everlasting God, the God whose arm is just not too short, the God who can do whatever he purposes. I can't, but God can. I can't, but God can. I just wonder if you need to know that this morning. You know, I really have a sense today that this is a word for somebody in a particular situation. And I just feel this morning that God would encourage you to keep on being faithful, to keep on praying, to remember that God is not deaf, that God is good even when life would appear to not be good. I want to encourage you today, don't give up. Keep being faithful in your walk with Jesus. Well, Zachariah sins with his mouth. How can I be sure of this? So the angel helps him out from saying anything else that might be sinful by rendering him silent for nine months. Nine months of his wife's pregnancy, Zachariah will simply be a silent bystander. But I guess in that time, he had an awful lot of time for thinking and reflecting upon the ways of God, the promises of God and the might of God. If you keep on reading the story, you discover he doesn't stay a faith-lacking priest. Actually, he sings the most awesome song to God at the end of Luke chapter 1. I'd encourage you to join that bit of the story with the bit that we're looking at today. Zachariah is faith-lacking in this moment, but God is still gracious. God is a God who continues to deliver on his promise. And I wonder if some of us need to know that this morning about something that we've been praying about or something that we've been beating ourselves up about perhaps for a long period of time. God's grace is lavish and he is a good, good father and his timing is always perfect. Well, there's a fifth and a final portrait of Zachariah and it's the portrait of a joy-filled priest which comes to us in the verses that follow those that I've read. It tells us there that when his time of service was complete there in Jerusalem, he was to return back to his local parish in the hill country of Judea. I wonder how he traveled back. Do you think he thought to himself, do you know what? I'm going to get the slowest donkey I can possibly get and I'm going to take the slow camel back to Elizabeth. Maybe you might even think, well, he'd decide to walk. Of course he would. 
Well, he wouldn't, of course, because here is a man who has found good news. He's discovered good news about a son, good news about the Messiah, good news from the Lord himself, good news that the Lord has remembered him and his wife. You know, in my mind, I see Zachariah going home as quickly as he properly can, bubbling as quickly as he can, bubbling with this sense of unexpected joy that he's just found. I bet Zachariah spent those last few days in his temple service and the journey home thinking to himself, how am I going to tell my wife about everything that's happened? Well, of course, he can't tell her, at least not verbally. So I imagine that he wrote everything down in a letter. Dearest Elizabeth, do you know, I always thought that my faith was strong, but do you know your husband's not as strong as you may think? This week, Elizabeth, I received the greatest honour of my life. God, the blessed one, the holy one, he chose me to burn incense in the temple. I was so favoured, but Elizabeth, the favour didn't end there. That wasn't the greatest moment of my life after all. I slowly entered the holy place and I was carrying the censer that was filled with glowing coals. What a moment, Elizabeth. I saw the golden candlestick. I saw the, the table of showbread. I saw the golden altar of incense. I hardly dared look at that curtain because I knew what was beyond it. But Elizabeth, none of that matters now because that wasn't the most important thing. As I was putting the incense on the table, an angel appeared. He was standing on the right side, Elizabeth, the place of God, the right side. I was scared to death. I was full of fear. And the angel talked to me. He called me by name. He knew me. He told me not to be afraid. But Elizabeth, I was petrified. He told me we were going to have a boy. We were going to have a boy, Elizabeth. Zachariah and Elizabeth, we're going to be having a boy. Our prayers have been answered. But Elizabeth, this boy is going to prepare the way for the Messiah. Elizabeth, the Messiah is coming, the Messiah, and we get to play a small part in his story. I didn't believe him, Elizabeth. I didn't believe him. Your husband didn't believe. My faith was so lacking, but God remembered my prayers. And God is good and God is gracious. He always is. Elizabeth, I can't talk until our boy is born. The angel did something to my tongue because I lack faith in that moment. But Elizabeth, that's a small price to pay for the blessing that's coming our way. Elizabeth, our prayers have been heard. God himself has told me he's going to be answering our prayers. Can you believe this? Well, I'm sure you probably can. Your ever-loving husband, Zachariah. Well, I wonder which portrait of Zachariah do you most identify with this morning? As a faithful person, as a favoured person, as a fearful person, maybe as a faithless or a faith-lacking person, or maybe you identify with him this morning as a joy-filled person. You know, this story reminds us, doesn't it, that God is able to break into our ordinary with the extraordinary God is able to use normal people like you and me to do extraordinary things. And the challenge for us, like it was for Zachariah, is to, is to live as a people who are faithful. There's joy in living faithfully. But it reminds us too that God is able when we are not. God is good even when sometimes it would appear life is not. And we're reminded of this story if we join the end of Luke chapter 1 with the bit we've read today, that God's grace is sufficient 
even during those times when our faith is lacking. What a good God we've come to know and we've come to love. And we celebrate him, don't we? God, Emmanuel, God with us during this Christmas season. Let's pray together. Lord, we want to thank you this morning for this great story. Thank you, Lord, that scripture is full of stories of people who triumphed in difficult situations. But too, it's an honest story of people who we might say failed or lacked faith in crucial moments of their journey. And Lord, I can identify with that. Lord, I guess all of us can identify with that when times and seasons in life we've got it wrong. We've missed our opportunity where we may have felt like we failed you. But Lord, thank you that joy can be ours today, even with that knowledge, because Lord, you're a gracious God. You're a God who blesses. You're a God who hears our prayers. You're a God who loves to respond to our prayers not always in our time, but Lord, in your time. And Lord, I really want to pray for those of us this morning who are wrestling with something that we've prayed about or we've lamented for a long time, maybe even for a lifetime. Lord, thank you that you are always good, even when sometimes it will appear life is not. Lord, help us to be faithful. And Lord, as our faith rises and our faith grows, Lord, would we experience joy, even unexpected joy in our walk and in our relationship with you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.